Is Oklahoma wide receiver Marvin Mims the most overlooked player in the 2023 NFL Draft? All that and more this episode of the Lockdown Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Lockdown Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Make sure you follow my co-host, Kate Majuk on Twitter at Kate Majuk. Kate, we are talking about one of my favorite players in the draft. I don't mean to ruin things off the top, but <laughs> let's just start with this. Why is Marvin Mims the most overlooked player in this year's draft? Marvin Mims is ridiculous, man. We were talking ahead of the show, and let's just like give a, a total preview. We love this guy. We absolutely yes, love we this guy, both of us. Um, Marvin Mims, junior out of Oklahoma, 5'11 and one quarter inches, measured in at 183 pounds. So, again, he's one of these smaller receivers, uh, 20 years old. He's just approaching his 21st birthday. Happy birthday, Marvin. Happy birthday. Uh, uh, next week is his 21st birthday. Um, celebrate safely, but the dude is productive out of Oklahoma. Um, last year, his final season, his junior season, 54 catches, 1,082 receiving yards, six touchdowns broke out super early. Um, in his freshman year, had a 2020 season with 610 receiving yards and nine touchdowns as a mm -hmm. freshman, like, mm -hmm. This guy can play all over. He played mostly outside, um, played around like 70% of snaps outside in uh, his freshman and junior seasons. Weirdly had this transition to the slot in uh, 2021, but was still productive. Like this guy's a speedster, Marcus, and he does so many things right. Um, and I'm struggling to find knocks on Mar Marvin Mims. Like, I think the biggest one we can up, can come up with is that he's you know relatively undersized at a weight of 183 pounds, uh, ranks in just the 11th percentile for wide receivers. But everything else, check, check, check. Like uh, ran well, a four three eight forty. Like this guy. What am I missing well, with Marvin Mims? Uh, let's go to the weight really quickly because you mentioned that's probably his biggest knock, and it is right. Like he's not overly thick you know he's he, that's just not his game however you look at the rest of the receivers in this class and the guys that are being ranked ahead of him like what zay flowers had to bulk up to 182 tank dell's 166 um jordan addison came in at 173 i think jalen hyatt's 176 so yeah it's a concern but it's less of a concern than it is for seven other receivers that are being ranked high in this draft and the case, part that i like is there are some really small receivers in this class, right? The, the guys that are barely 5'9", right? Zay Flowers, who we like a lot, 5'092". Marvin Mims is over 5'11". And it, not that that's a cutoff or anything, but it does seem like once you get above the 5'10 mark, your height's not really an issue. So when you have, let's say, average height, fantastic speed, amazing explosion, phenomenal you know advanced stats which we'll get to in a little bit what are we missing 
I don't know what we're missing. Cause I like it, you know, I brought up his age, right? 20 years old. This kid has a lot of time to bulk up, right? Like, it, and he's already got this, the size, like we're, it, that's, it feels irrelevant to me at this point, because it, I, I, again, I think there's plenty of room to grow there. We know he's versatile. Um, let's talk about his combine because he crushed the combine. Probably one of the biggest winners. We knew he was a speedster, but mm-hmm. again, ran that four three eight forty yard dash, ninetieth percentile for wide receivers. Uh, just under a forty inch vert, eighty uh, ninth yes. percentile, uh, one hundred twenty nine inch broad jump, eighty ninth percentile. Like this guy showed the explosion that you see on the field. Uh, in every single testing element that he showcased at the combine. So we have the production, um, relatively speaking in terms of his size. Um, it's no more of a concern than it is for any other wide receiver in this class. Uh, So what, what are we missing? I genuinely don't know. Let's talk about, um, some of like the, the more advanced stats yes. like you mentioned, Marcus. Yes, I, I would love to. So uh, courtesy of Pro Football Focus, we have some of his stable metrics from the last three seasons. I'll just go through with some of them. His receiving grade during that time, 97th percentile. His receiving grade versus single coverage or just his PFF grade in single coverage, 99.9, right? Like that's, there's, that's good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, separation percentage, 91st percentile yards per route run 90th percentile average depth of target 96th percentile, every single metric that PFF has that they consider stable that translates from year to year. He is at the very tippy top. And then on top of that, you mentioned the breakout age, you mentioned the dominator rating, like everything. He just checks every box. And yet I don't see the draft community. I think Dynasty Twitter is a little bit smarter here, but I don't. Th- I don't see the draft community showing him any type of love, even compared to somebody like Tank Dell. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's very interesting, uh, Marcus. You were talking about uh, like your your consensus draft board, right? Like PFF yes. has him outside of the top one hundred. Uh, nobody has this guy within the top one hundred, which again is just shocking for this guy that just I. I haven't found a single element to his game that I don't like, um, you know, just watching his tapes. And we've talked a little bit about the stats, um, uh, you know, watching his tape, just great concentration, uh, especially when he's in traffic, which I, I always think is just mm-hmm. so baller when you have some of these smaller guys who um, are, are making some of these catches, even, even uncontested catches, right? Like if you're making those catches and you're surrounded by like even one DB that, you know, is going to hit you that moment, the ball touches your hands and you're able to hold on to the ball through that moment and be unfazed. Yes. Like Marvin Mims has that dog mentality. Um, even for, uh, you know, his contested catch rate, um, he's, he's been successful in his contested catch opportunities. Um, but he's so smooth. You see the speed on the field. He's so smooth, um, you know, throughout college, uh, what I I think is super impressive, like, uh, has been fantastic in terms of like his yards per route run, um, and you know, all of that, but, uh, yards after the catch per reception, 78th percentile average depth of target 96 percentile so like this is a guy that's still generating a lot of yards after the catch despite being targeted 
pretty deep down the field. And I think that's just such a testament to his speed, his ability to generate space with his explosion with it's just a lot easier to make those plays when you're just faster than everybody on the field. And the other thing I want to mention, yes, he did play two years in Lincoln Riley's offense and he did play with some good quarterbacks, including Caleb Williams as a freshman. uh, Although Caleb Williams only started half the season, but what I like about him is that he's produced with everybody that he's played with, whether it was Dylan Gabriel, Caleb Williams, uh, Spencer Rattler. Like he was just awesome. Right. And that's kind of the sign of it, of a great receiver. Now the overall counting stats, like if you look at the yards and stuff, okay. A thousand yards this year, six touchdowns, 700 yards last year. But to me, it's more whenever they target him, he produced. And that's as good as you can do as a college receiver. Um, I think he's a fantastic player and I don't understand why he's not getting more hype. He made the most of every single opportunity that he had, Um, you know, like another probably underrated aspect of Marvin Mims, um, even when he's not being targeted, Marcus, like he's a willing blocker down the field. Like he's again, not even the biggest dude, but like he's willing to throw hands, Uh, you know, even when, when the ball's not coming his way, he's ready to, to get down and dirty. I love this kid. And he's going to be on every single one of my dynasty teams because I'm probably going to draft him way too high. The the range of outcomes, it he feels like one of the safer wide receivers in this class, and I just don't understand the lack of hype. I'm 100% with you. Let's talk about some potential landing spots for Marvin Mims next. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and the calories? Then you've got to try a Built Bar. We're getting pretty close to summer. You know, Spring's on its way here. If you're trying to get ready for beach season, uh, Built Bar is here to help you out. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious that you're not even going to think that they're good for you. What makes Built Bars so awesome? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, 100% real chocolate, and they come in so many unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. Not sure how Built does it because they only have 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. And you can always go to Built.com to order some boxes. I do that all the time. But if you live close to a Walmart or a Sam's Club, you can walk into the pharmacy section of your Walmart and get a four box of the cookies and cream, double chocolate, or the coconut puffs. Or if you live near a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with some of the hit flavors, including brownie batter and churro. You can thank us later. All right, Kate. So you mentioned the consensus board at the top. Just not a lot of people kind of in on Marvin Mims right now. PFF has him outside their top 100. Todd McShay has him ranked as wide receiver 16 in this class, 114th overall. Daniel Jeremiah has him outside of his top 50. So I think he's probably somebody that's going to go at the very best, top, you know, late second round, more likely third round. If that's the case, where would you like to see him land? Oh, Marcus, I, so let's talk about like where he's being mocked. Cause I think uh, you're going to, of course, love this 14% of PFF mock drafts 
to date have him going to the Cowboys. Uh, how would you feel about Marvin Mims to the Cowboys? Because he would absolutely bring that element of explosion. He would mm-hmm. bring that much needed speed. I actually think that's a really intriguing landing spot uh, it, just in terms of team needs. And I, I think he brings a real level of safety to that wide receiver two position that I don't really think they had in the 2022 season. We, we've mentioned the Cowboys a lot as potential landing spots for some of these receivers, including, say, Flowers. This is my Dish- favorite fit, though. It, you're right. This is the best one, right? Because it does check all the boxes the Cowboys need. They need a guy that can play on the outside and in the slot because C.D. Lamb moves around a lot. They need somebody who can bring speed, but not somebody who is a gadget player at 5'8 or 5'9. That's not Marvin Mims. I love that fit. I think that's exactly the type of receiver the Cowboys are missing. And you know what? Like you mentioned, CeeDee Lamb, he moves around a lot. He plays a lot out of the slot. So like, no problem because Marvin Mims, he can play on the outside. Um, You want to move CeeDee Lamb outside? Great. Marvin Mims can play the slot. Like he's, he's a versatile enough wide receiver. He's, um, I, I think that's probably my favorite fit out of any team, but Honestly, Marcus, I think he's just a fantastic wide receiver yes. too for virtually any team. I would love, love, love this fit. Buffalo at uh, pick yep. 60. Perfect. Um, feels like the right range. Although, Marcus, the Cowboys draft 59. So uh, maybe maybe he doesn't fall to sure. Buffalo if that rings true. But like that feels that feels fantastic, right? Um, like I feel like there are just so many potential landing spots where well, he'd be a good fit. And that's the thing is I lo- I'm looking at like the third round draft order right now. And it's like, yeah, makes sense. Miami. Sure. Put him in the slot, have him play with uh, Tyreek and Waddle. Fantastic. Colts. Yep. That's exactly the type of receiver they need. Green Bay. Sure. Love it. I, I, there's not many places that I wouldn't be excited about him going. So let's talk about uh, if that's the case, because I, I very much agree. There's not a lot of spots where I wouldn't be excited to see him land. Give me a couple of those spots that you just feel like wouldn't be the best fit, because I think that's probably um, like, you know how sometimes the mm-hmm. answers are much fewer when you ask the right. Like, I think that's the more interesting question to ask here is where wouldn't you want yeah. him to go? Because I think he's a great fit for so many offenses. The 49ers have three third round picks all basically right in the row at the bottom of the, the third round. It, this seems like a type of player they would draft. They actually drafted Danny Gray last year that I would love to see him go there just because they don't throw the ball enough and they've already got how many weapons in that offense. I just think he would end up being a guy that is super efficient, but low volume. So uh, avoid that one. Kansas city is another one where they just have so many guys. And I think the plan going forward is just to use a bunch of receivers. And I think people would see him getting drafted by Kansas city and you'd see a massive bump that maybe he shouldn't get. I wouldn't love that one either. Um, How about uh, another team that he's being mocked to quite often, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, They've got, picks that I think are, you know, within the right range. Uh, if he, if he goes a little bit higher, if the, the draft community starts to rise on him a bit, they've got a pick at 50, mm-hmm. um, which, which feels like if the Steelers utilize that, that 50th pick uh, on a guy, 
like Marvin Mims, I would have absolutely no issue to that. Um, Again, it just doesn't feel like there's not a lot of great fits. Uh, You know, it's, it's fascinating uh, to see like a guy that I think is just new England. So yeah, he fits into literally. I just say that's a bad offense. fit for me just because I don't a, trust that, that new England offense. At all. I don't, I don't trust the new England offense, but if new England were to draft, I like, that's a win for new England period. Yeah. Well, it's just um, different than what they're used to drafting, right? Like it, that's a guy that does make some sense for them. Yeah. I not, don't love that for fantasy, of course, because this, it, I mean. I like the, the real life fit, not the fantasy fit. I like the, re- yes, that's a great way to put it. Um, You know, I, I think there's just, there's ugh, Marcus, the, the realm of possibilities here is just virtually endless. And I, you know, what's even better. Like, I think that Marvin Mims, uh, his floor for fantasy feels really safe in a lot of these landing mm-hmm. spots. Like there's. There's not a lot of spots either for fantasy that I'm thinking, ooh, I hope he doesn't go there. Cause yeah. I think he's got the skills to to fit in wherever he needs to fit in. So it's clear that you and I love Marvin Mims Too the much. player a lot. Ugh. I'm gonna be a wet blanket on his dynasty value next. All right, Kate, let's talk about his current dynasty value on Dynasty League football. He's being ranked as wide receiver seven. Uh, just behind Zay Flowers, Josh Downs, and Jalen Hyatt. Behind him, Rashi Rice, Keishon Booty, Cedric Tillman, Tyler Scott. Um, I got to be honest, that feels too high for me. Really? Yeah. I'm actually, I, I feel like that feels uh, just about perfect for okay. me. Okay, make the case. Um, yeah, I, I think, again, looking at the, the range of outcomes of the members of this receiving class, Marcus, it feels like Marvin Mims, he's got plenty of ceiling. Like, I, I could just picture him being, like, a perennial wide receiver, too. Um, you know, I think he's so he's so safe for me. Um, he can be a wide receiver, too, for me in pretty much most of the landing spots we've discussed. Uh, I think there's, you know, still room to grow in terms of his ability to bulk up. Um, I just see a much wider range of outcomes for some of the players going after him. Rashi Rice, a guy that uh, I think really helped his draft stock Mm -hmm. uh, here at the NFL Combine. I think, uh, you know, despite the the nice testing, I don't think his tape necessarily matches up quite as much with what we saw on the field or uh, during the Combine. Um, Keishon Booty, we're out. Like, it, it feels like this is a perfect spot for him, given the range of outcomes, given his upside, given his youth. Um, he's one of the youngest receivers in this this range here. I can't. I don't. I don't understand the. I I don't understand Marcus. Help me understand why no. he should be drafted lower than that. Because I, I, I think on talent, he should be drafted higher than that. I do. My problem is when you look at these big boards and the consensus big boards, I I don't put a lot of stock into Daniel Jeremiah and Todd McShay and their, and their ability to evaluate players. What their big boards are basically doing is giving us a snapshot of what NFL teams think of players, right? Because that's basically what they're doing. They're just trying, they're talking to their GM friends and their scout friends and they're making a board. If, Daniel Jeremiah, Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper, 
and Dane Brugler from The Athletic all have him outside their top 100. To me, that it means the NFL teams don't view him as a top 100 pick, right? Because if he were, those guys would be getting text, hey, put this guy up in your 50s. Like, he's going high. It makes me nervous that Mims has a chance to just be like a day three pick. And if you're a day three pick, I don't know if I can rank you inside the top seven or eight dynasty receivers. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's fair. Uh, I think the biggest question for me is just, I, I'm by no means a professional scout, but I just, I would love to hear some of the, the insight and, yes, and analysis from these, uh, these mock drafters uh, in, in terms of like, why isn't he getting the buzz? Um, I don't know that there's any like off the field concerns that I've heard of. Um, I don't know if you can speak any, any I, I haven't heard anything. That. I haven't heard anything like it. It doesn't make sense based on the player we've seen. Like it, the tape matches with the stats matches with the production matches with the combine. There's clearly a missing element that yes. I'm just, I, I'm not getting. And, you know, maybe we'll get more information as we get closer to the NFL draft, but for face value for my my own evaluation of Marvin Mims, it feels right on point. And I, I do wonder, um, you know, there's, there's going to be plenty of time for Marvin Mims. And it, we, we see draft stock fluctuate very rapidly uh, at this point in the year. Um, oh, use pro day. We'll, we'll see what comes of that. But for, for right now, I think wide receiver seven feels, feels good for me. And I, I would I love to be wrong. The talent, the talent, I you know, if he goes in day two, right? Like yes, that's, yes. that's a guy that I think his talent will rise to the top, and I'm comfortable with that. Again, I just want to be clear too. Like it has nothing against Marvin Mims. I I love the player, and it wouldn't even be a surprise because we see this as we get a little closer to the draft. You start to see McShay and Dana Jeremiah and Dane just boost them up right in the rankings, and then if that happens. Listen, I'm all in at wide receiver seven, wide receiver eight, because he's that talented. We're, as of right now, you mentioned, I think we're, we've got to be missing something here because he's too good to be ranked outside the top 100 players for all of these draft scouts. It doesn't make sense. It, it genuinely, doesn't sense. It, it doesn't make sense to me. So it, guys, I would love to hear uh, what the community thinks of this guy. I would love to hear more because Marcus, you mentioned the the dynasty community feels a bit higher on Marvin Mims than the actual mm-hmm. uh, the draft the NFL draft community. Um, I, I want to close the gap. I want to figure out what the the reason for that gap is, and you know, tell us yes. tell us what you think about this guy. Are we just um, rose rose colored glasses? Is that the phrase? Yes. Uh... We love Marvin Mims. I think that's just what we, we got to close out this show. Uh, yeah. That is, yeah, that's it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Draft Show. Damian Parsons and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchise. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for checking out this show. Go go look us up on YouTube. We do daily shows over there as well. Uh, you can download the podcast wherever you download podcasts. Go follow Kate at Kate Magic. I am at Marcus underscore Mosher. Enjoy your weekend. 
Next week is free agency. We're going to be diving into that, talking about all the movers and shakers. We'll see you guys then.